Okay. Hey, did I tell you to this down? Hey, did I tell you all I lost 18 pounds? No, really? Yeah, cool. Yeah, 18 pounds. I, uh, Very cool. I get I lost 18 <laughs> pounds. Hey, look, I can go down that uh, straight and tie my shoes without <laughs> laying down to do it. Yeah, I'm struggling <laughs> with that. <laughs> yeah. Better hanging out there where I can see my feet. Oh, Lord, I'm telling you, I'm going to be tough. Y'all ain't going to be able to mess with me. Oh, my goodness. But anyway, I'm excited about my new video equipment and my studio. business got me all ticket of death. So that's, that, that is what it is. Welcome to Knowledge is Power podcast. Hey, hey, Aunt, how are you, sir? Oh, my God, my God. Let me tell you something. Trick, hey, 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 turn that, turn that noise down. You got some noise in the background. Oh, there we go, there we go. He got a fish pond and he's sitting on his desk. Uh, to, you know what? I was talking about my weight loss and, and before you come, you popped in. And, and uh, it, it's just, it's, I can't believe it. I have lost so much weight, you know. And uh, I, I'll tell you the secret, drinking water and exercising. Boy, I tried my best not to. <laughs> I just tried my best. You know, hello, Kathy. Can you make a shout out to Kathy Wingate? She's joining us. Good evening, everyone. Hello, Kathy. She's joining us this evening. Thank you for stopping by. Uh, so, uh, you know, something, uh, I, my, our guest is going to be Sheree Reed. And she, and I'm going to come back and reintroduce you. But I just want to chat about something else that, that happened on yesterday. I uh, happened to go into the, the, the 100 plus black women coalition of Beaumont. They had a huge, huge uh, uh, school drive on yesterday at Oldham Middle School. And it, it was awesome. Uh, I mean, they had lines and lines of people. They all parked and it was very well organized and structured and people was parking at the school in the, from the parking lot where they were doing, didn't have to get out the car. Uh, everyone had masks and uh, everyone had masks. And uh, we just happened to just, I just took out my camera and started videoing. And uh, they had a line from the door through the parking lot, down, down the street to Sarah Street, all the way back to Fourth Street and all the way back made a huge block back to West Virginia. That was awesome. And I am just was thrilled to to have that. So I I, I put a little clip together. And I want to see if y'all could um, before we get to our real guest tonight, Miss Sharee Reed. How about that?
All right. Oh, is that okay? Good. Hey, how you like that, guys? Good. Oh, good. That's pretty good. All right. All right. Hey, yeah, man. My my son, like I was telling you earlier, but was backstage talking. My son come home from college and he is loaded me up with new equipment and you know my IT guy. You know, I will not have a clue what I'm doing. But anyway, thank you so much, guys, for joining us. Everyone for joining us. This is the uh, uh, this is a great time. I've got our special guest tonight. Cherie Reed. I've been knowing Cherie since she was maybe 11, 12 years old, and I watched her grow and mature, and and I just, it just, I was one of her biggest supporters because I started driving her, and I mean, it just it was awesome, and uh, and she had great mentors as well, too, and, so, and, and now she is now our Beaumont, the city of Beaumont, first African-American female City Attorney. Let's welcome Sheree Reed, everyone. Hello. No, 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 no. Oh, I got something for you to retreat. I have so wait a minute. We'll be finding. I have something for you, so we do it again. So everybody know what I have. Wait a minute. Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Wait a minute. Go here. Go here. Go here. Go here. I said I've got to do a quickly. So y'all got a bad whip there. <laughs> I can't find it. Okay. <laughs> so Sheree is our first black African American female. Uh, city attorney and Sheree, hello. How are you doing? Yeah, so, thank you so much for for joining us uh, in our group here. We we do this every week, and we we mostly tend to we're more of our information center for our community to keep our community aware of things and who and and in uh, different uh, aspects in our community. And uh, I'm pretty sure they have a lot to ask, but I'm gonna ask the first question. Growing up, when was when did you decide, hey, this is what I want, I want to be an attorney? Aha, that's, I got you, didn't I? <laughs> so I don't know that I ever like personally decided when I was younger, if that was something I wanted to do. I was a talker. So everyone said I was going to be a lawyer, but I don't know that that was a choice for me. I actually went to school uh, for business marketing. I wanted to make commercials and work in an advertising firm. And uh, I just, when I graduated, decided I didn't really want to move to a big city. I wanted to be home. And so they didn't really have a lot of opportunities for advertising and making commercials here locally. Um, so it, it was suggested that I, I take a gap year and I did. I taught in um, at o Homer Elementary for about a year and a half. Um, I took the LSAT um, at a recommendation of a mentor. So just take the LSAT to see how it goes. I did well enough to get a scholarship to third grade and the rest is history. I came home and took a job at the city. Wow, I did not know that, that you taught school. <laughs> yeah, very briefly. Very, very, very briefly. <laughs> <laughs> Very briefly, I tell people all the time, teachers have a heart of gold and they have patience to know in. And I had the patience for the children, but not the parents. <laughs> so, yeah. so that's not the that's not the right mix. You got to have both. And so, yeah, I salute uh, all my teachers. Hats off to them. They do it. They're way underpaid, too. Very. Good choice. Yes. Ah. Cherie, I have a question. Um, could you let I guess like our listeners and viewers know uh, what high school did you go to when you were, uh, I guess, an undergraduate here in Beaumont, Texas? Yeah, so I, I went to Westbrook High School, um, and then I went to Lamar University, and then I went to Thurgood Marshall School of Law in Houston for law school. Now, 
for a little uh, for a little bit of people, I remember you saying uh, that you were a talker. I, I remember you uh, from theater. Uh, <laughs> she was one of Miss uh, Miss Long's best kept secrets uh, in, uh, especially in EDA drama festivals. So it's a it's a privilege and a pleasure to see somebody I judged <laughs> at drama festivals and different things. And and like she said, she is. I mean, like her voice diction. Annunciation, pronunciation is all it comes from Westbrook, I promise. So I definitely want to thank Ms. Long for <laughs> well actually it comes from we're gonna go back, we gotta go all the way back. So all the way back. All the way back to Miss Wilson. Yes, Odom Odom Academy. Academy. So Miss Wilson uh was instrumental and I did not want to do drama. I was like, that's for weird people. I don't want to do that. <laughs> thank you, Sheree. <laughs> and she said <laughs> girl you gonna come in this class she was actually friends um uh with one of our grandmas so she said oh no you're gonna take my class and i did and i loved her class i enjoyed every minute of it and she really you know miss wilson for those who were at odom academy who, you know she didn't play so we were going to you know you were going to complete the sentence and i think we, every black girl in that class uh knew and still by my angel before we graduated from, the, from middle school so she she took a lot of pride in her work, so we're gonna we're gonna give it to drama. We gotta go all the way back. Okay, okay, and and Sixth being grade. that you <laughs> being that you dropped Miss Wilson, I definitely need to make sure that we drop Miss Joetta Larkins Absolutely. because she too was um, instrumental in a lot of our our lives. So hats Absolutely. off to Miss Wilson. Hats off to Miss June Rocio, especially if we're gonna talk about theater. So again. Yeah. Um, that's Absolutely. where I that's where I know Sheree from is from theater and, and, and drama. So it's good to see you, especially where you are. Thank you. Thank you so much. So I'm just going to ask, um, what is your favorite part of the job with the city? And what is the hardest part of the job with the city? Wow. So um, hmm. my favorite part is that I don't typically do the same thing every day. I think that that's uh, probably what keeps it interesting, what keeps it fresh. Um, I think the I, get, I don't know if it's like the hardest or my least favorite part, uh, but that would kind of be um, uh, that's hard. Uh, probably that everything at the city moves at pretty either a super fast pace or a super slow pace. So, for example, if I'm coming in, I'm working on a project, and something comes up you know, it's immediate. And so, you know, they need an answer right there in order to like keep it moving. And so you don't always have a chance to kind of like, and I'm, I want to, I want to read everything, research everything. I want it to be the right answer. Sometimes somebody just says, I need you to say yes or no, like really quickly. And I'm just like, ah. And so that, <laughs> if anything, that would kind of be, especially on Tuesdays doing council meeting, I'm like, you know, if, I'm trying to like read over everything to like anticipate every single question. And like sometimes they ask me none of the things that I prepared for, and they ask me something completely <laughs> different. And I'm sitting there, and I'm like, uh, so you know, you just, can't be thorough. <laughs> yeah, so I always, I always have this fear of being unprepared, and that's probably because I was a Girl Scout, and it's like always be prepared. So I have this fear of being underprepared and not being prepared enough. So like I, you know, prior to you know any meeting or any council meeting or even commissioning, I'm reading everything to try to prepare for any any type of question that I think they even might ask on a little lower level. And sometimes it happens, sometimes it doesn't, but you know, I think that's the part like that I hate the least that I, I never feel prepared, you know, cause you, mm -hmm. you just know. 
Hello. Yes. No, I, he's got his mic. His, his mic is muted. Okay, there we go. And this is Perry Buckley. Hey, from he's from Sunshine from the Sunshine State. Okay. Good evening. Uh, your mic is muted, or you muted, or you can't hear us. While we wait on Perry, let me just say that uh, Terry Raw, who's usually here with us uh, on on the cast, uh, said to, at telling you uh, hello. Good evening, Mister. Yeah. Girl. Uh, Perry, I think your mic is out. I think, uh, not Perry, but uh, yeah, Perry, your mic is out. We can't hear you. Yes, your mic is out. Okay, what about there we now? go? There we oh, go. Okay. There we go. Oh my God. Yeah, okay, there yeah. we go. You know, you know, I have a lot of things going on. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> first of all, uh, hi, Sheree. It is a. It really is a pleasure meeting you. Uh, I am a, a Beaumont native and a fellow alum of Odom. Middle school. Uh, <laughs> so it's good to hear that Odom is still producing uh, some some great students out of there. Um, I guess my, my question is more or less, you've had a chance to see Beaumont from a kid's view. Mm -hmm. And now you're seeing Beaumont from not just an adult view, but you're actually there. Versus what you'd like to see. I mean, when you first, when they first said you, you have this position, how do you, how, how are you, what, what are the challenges you see in mixing the Beaumont that you loved uh, and now you get to see it, for lack of a better word, the dirty side? Oh, wow. <laughs> well, first of all, let me apologize because I went outside today and I didn't take an allergy pill, so my eyes are watering. So I mean, it looks like okay. I'm but I'm not. I'm just fighting allergies. So I took She's one later. She's so emotional. She's just emotional <laughs> to be here today. She's working She's it, man. It. She's working yeah, it. Yeah, we got her in tears, Tony. Yeah, you see? Marie, you thought it was going to be bad, but we, we, we are no, very relaxed. We chill out. We just have a good... And I kind of make it more fun to, to be on. No, that allergy pill is going to kick in. I didn't want y'all to think I was crying because of the questions. No, but oh. to answer. <laughs> 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 okay. 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 <laughs> Proceed. <laughs> so let me first start by saying I really commend the council with taking um, a risk. Um, I'm a young attorney, and I know most people uh, probably thought, you know, she's too young, or, and I get that a lot. You know, she's too young, she's not ready. But I've been with the city. Prior to accepting this appointment, I've been with the city um, for 11 years. And I've been in, um, I guess you want to call it the number two spot in the city attorney's office for probably about four or five years um, prior to assuming this role. So I was well familiar with the position and I, I knew the job and knew the role. But it still, you know, was a risk for them. You know, I, I was a younger attorney. And so I think that right now, what they showed in, in extending that risk is that they want to be progressive that the city is looking for change and that they're looking for areas where they can change and they can't improve. I think one of the worst things uh, a city government or any government or any organization in general can do is, is say, this is how we've always done it, right? Mm -hmm. Always done it, even if it's right, doesn't mean that it doesn't need improvement. And so looking for improvement and continually trying to improve and, and going after things that allow you to improve, whether it's, you know, hiring younger talent or new talent 
or looking for opportunities outside the city in an effort to grow the city and improve the city and the city services. Um, it's something that I'm looking forward to with the city. It's something that I feel like this particular council is interested in doing. I think that um, they've shown that with me. I think that they are um, they are trying to show that with some other progressive decisions that they are trying to make in terms of improving the quality of life with the city, improving the um, overall conditions in terms of pay and uh, opportunities for employees within the city. And so I think that, that if I'm excited about anything, I'm excited about the city council embracing change and looking to do more for the citizens. I think that's, I think that's, um, especially like you said, the way you perceived it, the way you took it, you know, it, it was a risk for all members of council and, and including the administration to uh, I guess put all their eggs in one basket and not <clears throat> go out and do what we're currently doing with the city manager. And I think, better yet, I know they made the best decision, especially when it comes to our city attorney. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Absolutely. Uh, I will say, I know one of your, um, I guess, anxieties, uh, I, I'll call it, is um, when we go to city council as citizens and we address council and there are particular legal matters that we as citizens should, I guess, uh, adhere to prior to addressing council, especially when uh, it comes to property and or, uh, you know, wheels and different things like that. Um, what would you suggest or recommend for <clears throat> uh, citizens to... Um, to know before addressing council? So honestly, I, I don't, it doesn't give me great pains to see people come to the podium and address council. Uh, as a matter of fact, I, I encourage people, if you can't get in contact with your council, we meet every Tuesday. I think that coming to the podium and speaking to your council person and being heard is a right that every citizen has and should exercise. Um, because sometimes it's a map, it's a miscommunication and we can fix it like right there. Listen, you have, you having a problem. Tell me about it. I can get an employee in here to speak with you. We can address it right there. Uh, but I want people to know that sometimes, um, some of the questions and some of the issues that they, that they're having aren't really city issues. Um, those things that they're requesting are, um, are unrelated to the city and that's okay. Um, because while you're there, we can kind of explain that to you. We can kind of, you know, direct you in the right path. Uh, but there are tons of ways that you can get in contact with people at the city or just council in general. You can email them. Um, our emails or anybody in the city, our emails address are public. It should be available on the website. Um, ways to contact them. And, and also just, and I, I guess I want to say like before you go, but just kind of know have some expectations of what you want to see done because sometimes people come and they, and they just kind of complain and there's no expectation of what they want to see done or how we can better assist them it's just kind of like i have this problem and fix it and it's mm -hmm. kind of like um well what exactly is the problem and you know how how would you like to see it resolved you know because you know if someone says like my trash isn't and i'm just going to use this generically my trash isn't being picked up I don't know why my trash isn't being picked up. You know, there's some questions that go into that. Like, do you live on a private drive? Is the city providing that service to you? Are you putting your trash can in the right spot? Um, you know, like those type of things. And sometimes it's as simple as, you know, a phone call and it's like, oh, you know, yeah, 
was a mistake or we changed our trash day or, you know, we can, you can kind of get that information out to the citizens, but just coming, you know, to council and saying, you know, um, my trash hasn't been picked up in two days. And it's kind of like, well, we pick up trash once a week, right? We do heavy trash, you know, every day, but you know, those type of things, it's just a communication effort, right? Or, you know, I don't understand my water bill. Mm -hmm. the billing cycle but just those generic questions and sometimes they go to council but those are really questions that can be handled at a specific department and i feel like sometimes people just kind of go to council as a, a fix-all but the reality is, is that we have a city manager strong form of government which means that the city manager runs the operations for the day-to-day -day, and council really just gives direction to the city so on tuesday what you guys see when we're voting on action items and approving things is that you're, that's the city council telling the city manager and staff go and do these things and so on a daily basis when you know we're, we're handling daily operations of the city sometimes the council has absolutely no idea so when you call them with a problem what they have to do is first figure out who in the city like you know handles that right so they call the city manager and saying you know chris jones has a problem with his water bill and so we're like okay well what's the problem so then we start we have to we have to do the research and we have to dig, so it takes a little longer because council only knows one part of the story and it's starting from the top and trickling down. And sometimes it's easy as you can like, you know, I, I, I've called the water customer service and I, I have a, a unknown charge on my bill. Okay, now, now we got it. There's an unknown charge in your bill. You can figure out what that charge is and kind of work that out. And so sometimes it's, you know, it's a matter of, you know, communicating with the right people at the right level. So on Tuesday, somebody comes in and they have like, the, you know, a list of things that they have a problem with and they haven't spoken with anybody in the city, it's a little overwhelming for council because the first thing they do is like, why hasn't the citizen been helped? And we're like, well, we've never, this is the first time we're hearing about it as well. <laughs> you know, and so it's not a, um, like people at the city who work for the city are genuinely have good hearts in my opinion. And I know that they want to help the citizen. They want to do the best that they can. And so, um, kind of when you go to council on Tuesday and you're yelling about what they're not doing um, and you haven't spoken to them, it kind of puts them like in a spot where council's kind of like, well, why, why, why are they here? You know, because council feels like if they're in council complaining about it, it's because they haven't had an opportunity or haven't had their situation resolved at the level for staff. And so I'd encourage people all the time, like if you can resolve it at the staff level or if staff has not been unable to resolve your problem, yeah, definitely come down to City Hall and, you know, exercise your right on Tuesday. But it, it, it's always quicker and more beneficial if you try to work it out with staff first. Uh, and to that, uh, as you talk about staff, uh, I've had an opportunity to consult with local governments from city to county, state, multiple levels. Uh, one, in fact, right now I'm doing something in St. Louis County, Missouri. Uh, and one of the things that I'm hearing that is constant, uh, especially in local government is just uh, the ability to maintain the human resources now. Uh, because of turnover like yourself and uh, and uh, understand me why you're appreciative the city of Beaumont should be appreciative that someone of your caliber and you would want to be in Beaumont, Texas. I mean, let, let, let's, just, <laughs> let, let's just keep this two-way street going. Um, 
what do you see now as a challenge now for city governments who are now starting to look more to outsource some of those resources and what liabilities lie in that, you know, for a city kind of like Bowman. I don't want to get into any kind of thing that's going on, but do you foresee that as a, as an issue? So I think your question has two parts. And if I get too far off base, you just kind of reel me back because I'm an overthinker, right? But (laughs) what happened post and just post COVID, we went home for three months, right? Um, they, you know, they shut down the city, you know, everything was cleansed and the world was basically shut down, but the city services and the city government kept going, which means people kept working. And so after that, when you say, now we need you to come back to the office, people were like, why? I don't, I don't understand. I've been doing my job perfectly fine at home. Like, why do I have to come in? And so what we're, what we're seeing now is that this, even this generation of younger new workforce individuals are expecting to work from home. There are so many work for home and work remote places um, that individuals like city governments who are not as tra- traditionally aren't as progressive. We want people in office. We want, you know, to be able to see our employees. It's hard to retain younger, newer talent or even just more progressive talent because they have opportunities to work from home and have that flexible schedule and not just work from home, work from anywhere. Right. Like I had a lot of friends who um, they're attorneys as well. And they were like, I'm just going to go work in you know, Hawaii for a couple of months because they have remote positions. They can do hearings and depositions and cases, trials by Zoom so they could be anywhere. Um, and so you're competing with that. I interviewed um, an employee and one of the questions when I said, do you have any questions? She said, how many remote days does the city offer? And so we're not talking vacation days. We're talking remote days. Like how many days a week or how many days a month do I not have to come in the office? So that's a thing. And it's a real thing. Um, and it's it's becoming a challenge to to kind of, I guess, com- compete in that arena. And so that's that's on a professional level. But then you also have um, situations at a, a lower labor level, um, skilled workers or unskilled workers, um, where the city is just going to have to learn to kind of compete because the the reality is that with inflation going up and the price of gas and, and the cost of living in general, um, the city is going to have to make some tough decisions on you know the base wages for certain employees because people are choosing that it are seeing now that it's easier or more financially beneficial for them to be unemployed than it is to drive to work, than it is to come to work. I mean, especially during the summer when childcare um, becomes an issue for a lot of um, individuals, it's cheaper to be home. And so, you know, one of the things the city's gonna have to look at is how can the city bring in revenue um, in order to increase and be competitive um, and offer competitive salaries to individuals to make them want to come back to the workforce, to make them want to be um, in, in the office. Because the reality is, is that if we're not going to, you know, kind of say, you know, offer remote days, because some some jobs just can't be remote, right? You can't have a remote firefighter. You can't have a remote police officer. Um, those are those are jobs that need people who need to see me be there. And so how are we going to make sure that we have, you know, a, a water utilities worker whose salary is competitive and, and he's going to come in because his job can't be remote either. And so that's that's what we're looking at. And we have because we're in the Golden Triangle area, a lot of our employees live, you know, in that area. And so when you're saying someone is driving in to the city, if it costs them more to come to work, 
than to stay home, you know, that's, that becomes a problem. So, so the city is going to have to explore some options in terms of, you know, how are they going to be competitive in the workforce in order to retain talent and attract talent? Yeah. And I, and at the same token, I, I'm saying that you see that as a risk now that, because now you have less oversight. Yes. With, yes. Yeah. Yeah. You, you know, so, you know, and, 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 and if it's happening for big cities like Houston, I'm saying it, it's really a tough. Yeah. For mid for mid level cities, because you only have so much resource to pull from. So it's, so it's not even just like at a city level, just um, in some of the organizations that I'm a part of, I'm a, a board member for the Texas City Attorneys Association. And uh, uh, several of those members are not just city attorneys, but they're private firms who represent cities. And one of the things that they're facing is attracting lawyers, like retaining lawyers, not because, um, you know, they're not their salaries aren't competitive. They're private firms. Right. That's where the big money is, is people are kind of like if i can't work from home then i don't want to work there <laughs> and so you have these kids who you know i'm saying young adults who've been who went to school they've taken the bar and you know they hear we need you to be in the office from you know eight to to six and they're like nah not doing it right so one of the big things that COVID kind of taught us and i, I tell people all the time people always want to view the negatives of COVID, but there were some positive aspects that came from that quality of life, mental health, and, you know, just kind of, you know, appreciating your time came, became a priority for COVID, especially for these younger kids um, or, or younger professionals, because a lot of them, they were in college and they're, they're going through college um, through COVID. Um, my daughter, she's a sophomore right now, or going into her sophomore year, she finished her, her last two years at Westbrook online. So a year and a half, she was online. And she goes, you know, goes off to school and she's taking hybrid classes. So the first time she interviews, you know, for an internship, she she interviews by Zoom, right? And, um, you know, they tell her like, you can work, your, your internship is gonna be completely remote. Now, why is that? It's not, it's not a bad thing, it's not a good thing, it's not a positive, but what it creates in her is, is that idea that at some point when she becomes a young professional, she graduates, the idea of going into an office is going to be foreign to her, right? Because she's used to being professional from the, you know, from the torso up, <laughs> right? She has a good, she, she's not used to it. And they're like, you know, why do I have to go into an office? So I intentionally made her come home. And I was like, yeah, you can do the intern, but I intentionally made her come home and like work around people because I think that, you know, one of the, the flip sides of that is that we've become very disconnected um, from people in that way. Um, you know, I think that Zoom and, and webinars and all these are a great way to commune. But there's something about being able to, like, look someone in the eye, be in the room and communicate with people in that way. Um, and for this generation, I think Zoom is even a stretch because they text everything, right? They, they, they send a video message or a snap. So they don't even, you know, really communicate verbally as much as, as we did. So I think that moving forward just in general we're going to have to find that happy medium between in person and virtual or at home or remote work um in order to just to make it work and i know that a lot of firms are struggling with that because you know most of the the older 
larger private firms are really stuck in their ways about that. But flexibility in the workplace and being able to, you know, promote that mental health and that that uh, that work life balance. Because I know, you know, a lot of people are like, you know, we need you here at seven thirty, and you you're gonna leave at eight thirty, or you're gonna work these twelve hours, you're gonna bill all these hours, or you know, you're gonna do all this work. And you know, these young professionals are like, nah taking a health day. I'm out. And I think that that's, I think that that's great. And I think that employers are going to have to learn to embrace that and, and focus on that and, and create a, or, cause I don't think that it, you're getting a less quality work product. Um, I just think that you're not getting what you're used to. Right. And that goes back to what I said to you earlier, just because it's how it's always done. Doesn't mean it makes it right. And just because I'm someone's introducing something new, doesn't mean that it's like, you know, the end of the world. You know, I want to dive in a little bit because I've got a, quite a few on our common board, and uh, and what you cannot what you cannot go into, don't go into. I understand okay. Everything, okay. So I'm going to ask go to a line here because there's so many here. So I'm going to ask bring this up to you, okay? Uh, before I go to that one, let me go. Yeah, let me go before I go to that one. Let me go to the, up here. Okay, there we go. Uh, Terry is asking, does Sheree thinks that things will change so that more local contractors can be awarded contracts? So I guess that's a tough question because we do have a lot of local contractors who are doing work with the city right now. I know that there were some issues at a previous council meeting regarding why one of the local bidders didn't receive a high score. And honestly, the city attorney's office doesn't really participate in those scoring mechanisms. Those are really uh, based on that individual department. But um, most of our contracts, especially when it deals with grant funding or any type of federal funding, have to meet specific criteria. And so when they're doing those score sheets, they're looking at, you know, how closely related to this grant funding criteria does a company meet? And sometimes, you know, it, it doesn't necessarily fall on the local contractor because they might not have, you know, a previous engineer of textile or whatever ha has as many expertise or as many uh, years of experience as a previous company. Um, but we do have a lot of local contractors that have bids with or have contracts with the city. The city did a bender fair um, a couple of weeks ago that was really successful. We had several um, people participate individuals with the county and um and the i think even the port participated we had several government entities <laughs> that participated in that but we also had several other um local vendors who came and who you know got information on how to submit a, a proper bid for the city and that was important because a lot of the times when i'm having to like advise the council to reject a bid or advise our purchasing department that the bid needs to be rejected is because the bid was incomplete and an incomplete complete bid is just something that the city can't um accept and let me explain why because when um the city puts out a bid what that is is an offer and it's a little bit of contract law this is free but that's an offer and in order for us to have a proper acceptance that bid has to come back and all the requirements that are listed in that bid have to be met. And one of the big things that people forget to do sometimes is just sign the bid. Um, and sometimes it's a bit, and that's just, it's a very simple thing. And if you don't sign the bid, you're submitted a contract that's not signed. And so I do hope that, you know, in the future that the vendor fair would have yielded to be successful and we'll see more local bid, 
bidders, vendors bidding on city projects so we can have more local contractors doing work here. Because money that stays here is just better for the community. Us. That's right. That's right. Okay, we have another Facebook user on one of our pages asking, how many lawsuits against the city are currently pending? This might not. How old is the oldest one and how young is the most recent one? I mean, I, I'm not really... I mean, I know you can't be on your... Because you no, want to be... No, so, no, no. So okay. that's not a specific... But I honestly don't know how many open cases we have. And I don't know if that's a bad thing for me as a city attorney. Uh, because we have a lot of, like, uh, just, like, really small... And I don't want to call them small. But we have, like, cases that deal with, like, code enforcement where um, the, the individuals have filed an injunction to stop a, a property from being torn down. So we have those cases. And um, we also do collect hotel occupancy tax so we have some of those cases pending um and then just kind of like just smaller carts and cases if i had to guess i would say that the city probably has anywhere from 30 plus or minus maybe maybe more plus or minus give or take no more than um no more than 45 open cases pending right now um i know that the oldest case we have is probably before I was at the city. Yeah. Um, it's it's, it's uh, been on appeal for a very long time. Um, the city is exhausting all and, and that particular person is exhausting all of their legal rights and sometimes the, the justice system is a little slower than we anticipated. So I believe that, that case is probably around 11 maybe 12 years old. And the newest case or the, the the most recent case is probably within the last two or three months. So it's, you know, still a young case. But Cherie, you have a big audience. I'm surprised. I mean, you've got, oh, wow. oh my God, you've got a <laughs> huge audience right now and a lot of questions they want to know. So I'm going to keep going. I know my, I know my, 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 uh, crew here, my panel, want to get in some more questions, but man, you ought to see my list. So then we move to the next one. How many discrimination lawsuits did the city face and settled since 2001? I don't think you can answer that. Quick. I can't because I was still in yeah. high school. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> let's, move, let's move to the next one. <laughs> Why won't the legal department of the city of Boma allow the release of the body-worn cameras in dash camera videos so honestly i don't know that we haven't released anything when we have a request for those items and they're not connected to any pending litigation or any um contemplated litigation meaning cases that we have received claims on um if we receive a request then we release them and i think i think what um a lot of people are not realizing is that <clears throat> a few cases in particular are, like you said, Sheree, are in litigation. So uh, all evidence or collected information pertaining to that case uh, is going to be kept secret until um, some type of judgment or a release has been made. If, if, if I'm so I don't, I don't like the word secret because I, I believe in transparency in government and I believe that, you know, citizens should have them. So I don't like the word secret. The reason why information is withheld when there is a pending or contemplated litigation is because citizens are potential jurors, right? And so if, if jurors, potential jurors, see information um, prior to that information be, being placed into context at a trial or a trial setting, they have preformed and preconceived notions, which means they're not, they're not open 
to seeing or hearing evidence or hearing information contrary to their belief because they're they've already formed a belief and i feel like it's a, it's important to appreciate that that's not a rule that the city came up with that's a rule that you know people smarter than me this jury pool impartial and open to receiving information is to make sure that they receive the information in the right like right funnel in the right setting which they've determined is a court of law and so i, I don't think that it's ever the city's intent um to or, or any government agency's intent to to deceive or hide information from citizens i think it's just you know we want to be able to have a fair trial and we want to make sure that that information is presented in the right light that's a city attorney i'm that's sorry a, okay, what, Trish? i'm sorry no, I'm sorry. I, I, I'm in and out with the internet here, and I, I missed what was said. Did you say that we are releasing if it's requested by uh, citizens, As, the, the yeah. body cam? If a, if a citizen requested, requested video footage or dash cam video that's not connected to any pending or contemplated litigation, then that information would be released. Unless, unless okay, so if it's after litigation, okay. Yeah, if it's active or pending, and we consider contemplated or active litigation as anything that we've received a notice of claim on, or if someone says we intend to sue the city, um, so that kind of thing. But um, out, absent any uh, confidential reason, like for example, um, if, the, if information, the dash cam video contains um, sensitive information as it relates to a minor or a victim, sometimes that information is also withheld because victims have rights as well and so there right. are some, there are some other legal reasons to withhold information but for example if someone says you know i got a ticket it was on a dash cam video i want i want a copy of that video and it's their video right it's their mm -hmm. their mm -hmm. likeness their image we release that now when we release that to the media not until the case was resolved once it's resolved i gotcha yeah okay. yeah i didn't know i understand that. I didn't know that. Well, I'm just I'm, yeah, the reason I'm asking is because we have we have somebody who's been asking for a particular footage, and they haven't been able to obtain it because of uh, the inability to redact the information that's on the body cam. Apparently, it's got the the officer's birth date or something as a, a passphrase or something. Um, but when he asked for those the information, that's what he was told. He couldn't have it because the information could not be redacted. I'm not familiar with that particular uh, situation, but I do know that. Um, there, there are cases that that have sensitive information on there. I don't know how, how it ties to the officer. I'm not. Again, I'm not saying that that's untrue. I'm just saying that I'm not familiar um, with that. You. Is that being a reason, right? Okay, I got you. Thank you. Before I go to the next comment, um, now, are you the? Is there an assistant city attorney as well? So I have several attorneys who work in my office. I have not filled my old position yet, so I'm okay. still doing that okay. position. Okay, I was I, because position. the city this size need more than one attorney. Yeah, we have. I have several attorneys who work in my office. I just haven't replaced myself. Okay, yet. okay, okay. Let me go to the next. Uh, let's see here. We went to that when Trish asked that question, so I move to the next one. How can the city of Boma be transparent while refusing to release video? police videos so as i said earlier it's not that we're refusing to release them that there's a law that says that videos that are pending are connected yeah. to pending litigation right, right. okay that's just a double question yeah to, to be withheld so it's not right. it's not, not a refusal right right well guys y'all had any more questions for my good friend sheree reed hey sheree asked me earlier in, in, in uh before we was on the air and she said, how long is your, your podcast going to be? I said, <laughs> uh, 
I like to keep it short, about 30 minutes. I say, but the way you can blow and speak, 30 minutes gonna pass by so fast. <laughs> you know, so we're hitting on 45 minutes. So oh, no. I like to thank you so much because you spoke so well and uh, delivered some of the messages. You, you answered some of the questions that we uh, are concerned about and want to know. And you have been one of the best guests that we've had. Don't you think so, guys? Oh, man, you gassing her up. Stop playing. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> and the one, the most prettiest one, too. Well, I, I will say that. I will say that. Yeah. I can call. I can yes, call. Yes, but yes. Thing, though, don't see don't turn around at that now. Huh? We well, age gracefully. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I will I, say... Um, she makes me. She makes me feel old because I've been known her since she was a young, young lady, young child. So I feel kind of old now, you know. You are old. I'm on deck. I'm on deck. <laughs> man, you old, man. So I will say to Sheree, I, I want to thank you for some of the programs that um, you not only walk through uh, in the city of Omaha, but also extending some of those programs to our youth, um, like uh, middle school and high school students. Uh, especially uh, the know your know your. You got dogs. That's you got dogs. They fighting. That's my. That was my. Oh, that's your dog. Okay. I thought it was. I thought it was Chris' dog. I thought I can't believe that Chris had a dog. No. Look, it's getting close to our bedtime, and it's time he needs to go. Hey, it's getting close. Yeah, it's getting close. Okay, my cameras are on. My cats are climbing all over the walls, so it's okay. Not a problem. But I definitely want to thank you again for the programs that you you bring uh, to the to this particular department, Mm -hmm. especially exposing to our youth the the reality of of the legal system. Um, I, I just hope that. You know, we can um, support you in the future of uh, planning and, and exposing your office to, um, to to our youth, to our, you know, to the public. So I, I hope that Tony will definitely get you on again. Uh, we'll definitely see if we can work you in on my neighborhood association side. So, like I said, so that we can be exposed to, you know, something different, something better. Oh, I'm, I'm, pr- to it. I'm, I'm proud of you. You know that. You, you can't say that I'm proud, man. I'm just happy for you because you have really, really you did your do. So with that, <laughs> with that and saying, guys, anyone has a last word before we close out? Last word. Oh, thank you. It's not. Right. So you want the last word? Me? Yeah, you get the last word. You get the last word, sweetheart. Well, I I hope if nothing else people take away from it that I think that the city attorney has two two functions. My job is to advise counsel, help counsel make good decisions, but my job is also to look out for the citizens and to make sure that counsel is acting um, towards and in their best interest. And so I hope that a very long and successful career with the city doing on behalf of the citizens of Beaumont. I'm from here. My family is here. We live here. So I'm invested in making sure that Beaumont grows and becomes better. Thank you. God bless. Love you. Take care. Thank you so much. And thank everyone for listening thank and watching. Now that's your Power Podcast Live. We're here every Sundays and Tuesdays at 8 o'clock during the summer. How about that? Thank you guys. <laughs> Thank you for watching Knowledge is Power Podcast Live.
sure to like and subscribe to all Knowledge is Power social media pages. 